Hey, everybody. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, uh, for those of you I have not met, I, I know some of you. I don't know all of you, but not, my name is Kevin Klingbeal. And um, thank you. So kind, so kind. Uh, I'm the pastor of Next Steps here. Uh, Matt is in Hawaii. I mean, and you should send him a bunch of messages and say how lucky he is, how wonderful a pastor he is, how awesome and lucky you are. Uh, but I had the privilege of continuing the series that he started last week called Gold from Golgotha. Now, this series looks at Jesus' last words as he hung on the cross, and, and it, it's, it's really our intention to draw out uh, meaning and application for your life. And I believe that some of the words that Jesus shared with us that were recorded in God's word are so powerful and they are so meaningful for our lives. And I hope, my hope tonight, is that you would hear Jesus' words in a new way. And they would hit you on a heart that is softened to receive what God has for you through these words. And so tonight we're looking at Luke 23, uh, 44 through 49. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you have a phone, I think, most of you. Um, I'm assuming most of you have a phone. Um, if you haven't downloaded the version app, I don't know if Matt talks about this, but the version app is awesome. I use it. You should use it as well. But uh, I'm going to read this out loud all the way through, and then we're going to look at it together. So it says, starts in verse 44 like this. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breast and went away. But all those who knew him, including the woman who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now, we could go in so many different directions in this passage. We could talk about so many different things. But one of the things that I love about Scripture is that it paints a picture for us. And a lot of times when we read God's Word, we just kind of glaze over the reality of what is actually happening in this moment. So really quickly, I just want to pause and and. Imagine together what this scene would look like. It is the middle of the day, noon. The sun is at its peak. It should be uh, in the middle of the sky. And all of a sudden, while three men hang on a cross, the sun stops shining. It's not, the scripture doesn't say that clouds come over and it gets a little cloudy. No, it says the sun stops shining. I don't know about you, but if I was in that situation, my heart would probably beat a little fast. I'd probably get a little scared, like, what is happening? We have an eclipse that happens every however often, and you know how many people leave work and go look at it with those weird glasses? This was a moment where for three hours, the sun did not shine. And then with a, a loud voice, Scripture doesn't say he, like, whispered it. Scripture says that with a loud voice, Jesus proclaims, Father, 
Into your hands I entrust my spirit. And then he breathes his last breath. Moments before Jesus says these words, other places in scripture talk about the things that Jesus said. And one of those things that Jesus said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that's the picture we're talking about. It's not Jesus hanging on the tree saying these words lightly. It's not people just kindly sitting there watching. There was chaos. There was pain. There were tears. There were fears. There were people that were celebrating because finally the man that they believed were mocking their religion was dying. That's the stage. And Jesus says in this moment, Father, into your hands, I entrust my spirit. And if you were to look at that passage, what Jesus is actually doing is he's hearkening back to Psalms where King David actually said these exact same words. He said, Father, into your hands, I entrust my spirit. What, what Jesus is proclaiming in this very moment is, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. See, the re reality of Jesus' life is, is he didn't always understand exactly what was going to happen. I, I can imagine that, that, that the humanity of Jesus, the humanity as he was, was uh, being hung on that tree, as he was beaten and bloodied, he was thinking, why? Why, why, what is happening? And we hear that in his words before this where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I know that in your life, there have been seasons where you have looked at what is happening around you or maybe in your own life and you've thought to yourself, where are you, God? What are you doing? Maybe it's that diagnosis that your friend got. Maybe it's uh, your parents splitting up. Maybe it's the depression and anxiety that you feel and can't seem to shake for me. It was my junior year in high school. I know for some of you I've shared this story, but it was, it was my junior year in high school. My dad had lost his job, and, he, and um, before in, the, in, the, in June of the year before my junior year, he said, we're moving to Iowa. And we hopped in a car, my mom, my dad, and myself, leaving my two sisters out on the East Coast. We hopped in a car and, and drove to Iowa. And all the way, I shook my fist at God. Why? Why would you make me leave my friends? Why would you make me leave my church? Why would you make me leave my community? Why? What are you doing, God? Why? And we, we uh, kind of set it up. We moved into our house, and I played football, and, and on Friday nights, I would go, I'd play our games, and I would come home, I'd ride on the bus home, and, and I'd get home, and... I have this very, very distinct memory of uh, playing games, coming home. My parents would greet me at the door. They'd get in the car. They would leave. They would go spend time with their friends. On Friday night, my junior year in high school, I'm sitting at home by myself, thinking to myself, God, what are you doing? Why would you do this? I, I've been faithful for so long. I've trusted you. I've believed in you. I've done all these things. Why am I going through this? 
Why am I isolated? Why am I alone? Why? Why? Why have you left me? And I am sure, I am 100% confident that in, at some point in your life, if you haven't already experienced this, you will. Where there is something that happens in your journey where you don't have answers. You don't understand why. You're frustrated. You're angry with God. Maybe you, you, you messed up. You did something wrong. And you're running away from God. And, and you're just, it, you've had enough. You don't understand what's going on. You're, that's it. I'm sure that if you haven't experienced it yet, you will experience it at one point. But if there was someone in this world that deserved to not trust God, it was Jesus Christ. If there was someone that, that deserved to say, you know what, I'm done with this, it was Jesus. He lived the perfect life. Like you and I, we make mistakes all the time. I, I wouldn't say I deserved what I experienced, but it was certainly not the case that I, that I hadn't done ever, anything ever wrong and, and was perfect in the situation. But Jesus was. Jesus was absolutely perfect. He made no mistakes. He never sinned. But yet he still went to the cross, bearing the weight of our sin and our shame, and he took the punishment for us. And what I love about this passage is what it says is, Jesus trusted God. Into your hand I commit my spirit. And the question for us tonight is, will we? Will we, when we experience pain, when we experience doubt, when we experience fear, anxiety, depression, will we trust God? Will we uh, stand firm in who God says he is and hold fast to him? Now, I don't want to make this seem like some mythical thing that is really easy. It's hard. It is hard to trust God when things get rough. It was hard for me to trust God when I was at home on Friday night by myself. It was hard to trust God when I lost my job three months after getting married. It was hard to trust God when um, I, my wife and I were trying to have kids and it wasn't happening and I didn't know what was going on. It was hard to trust God when... I experienced things. It's, it's hard to trust God with a mother who is an alcoholic, friends. It is, the experience of your life is hard. There are hard times for all of us. And, and for the men in this room, I, I want to say this. Oftentimes we think fake, or faith is this kind of like wimpy, weak thing that, that like, oh, we're too cool for this. But I'll tell you what, gentlemen, the grittiness of faith, where you dig your heels in and say, you know what, God, regardless of what happens, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to do what you command me to do. That is what the definition of a man is. And I encourage you, don't see faith as weak. See faith as grit. It is the ability to stand in the worst of circumstances and trust God. And I don't want to confuse you because I think oftentimes when we come to faith, we believe this myth that 
in our trust and our faith in God that everything becomes okay. That like somehow God is going to magically like solve all our problems. And uh, we should just walk through life with uh, flowers and rainbows and butterflies. It's not the case. It's simply not the case. Faith, trust in God does not take away the pain. If there's anything that you hear me say, I want you to hear me say this. Trust in God does not take away the pain. But trust in God results in our ability to experience peace, to experience his power, and to experience his presence. Because when you trust God, when you bolster up your trust in him and commit to being faithful, what happens in your heart is you begin to see small ways in which God provides, in which God provides power and God provides peace. And you realize, I'm not alone in this. You're not alone in your broken heart. You're not alone in your depression. You're not alone in your heartache. You're not alone when your parents get divorced. You're not alone on a Friday night after a football game when you are sitting by yourself. You are not alone because we have a God who loves us and cares about us and is committed to us and is with us through it all. God did not take away Jesus's pain on that cross. He didn't. He hung there and took it. But what he did was, I trust you, God. I trust you that even though you're not taking this away, even though I'm not coming down from this tree, even though I'm going to die here, I trust you. And that's God's invitation to us. Will we trust him? Will we trust him with every part of our lives? It doesn't eliminate the pain. It doesn't take away our struggle but it allows us to experience peace and his presence and his power in new ways. So as you, uh, we're gonna sing, but as you go to small group, here's my encouragements for you. I did not tell you how to build up trust in God. I didn't say, hey, here's the formula, do this and you're gonna build up trust. And I don't wanna give you that answer. Because what I want for you to do in your small group is talk about it. Because there may be people in your group that have built up trust in God in one way and you could do the exact same thing. Or maybe you've experienced something yourself that works really well. And my encouragement is that you be vulnerable in your group. That you share with your group the areas that you need to increase your trust. Because God has given you your community, your small group for a reason. And he wants to use them to help you develop trust. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to come back up. We're going to sing. And then I'll be back up after that. So will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you for this group. God, I thank you for the faith and trust that's in this room right now. I thank you for those who feel your presence, your power, and your peace. But God, I pray for those who don't trust you right now. The ones who are not able to say, um, 
I know that you're with me. The ones that have, have not experienced the peace, that have not experienced the power, God, I pray tonight that they would experience it in a new way. Through their small group, through this message, through whatever means you want to use in their life to help them experience this trust. God, we know that you are a good God that loves us unconditionally. Help us to experience that in new ways tonight. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.